This morning, if you would take your Bibles, either paper or electronic, and look with us for our text found in the book of Matthew, chapter 6. The book of Matthew, chapter 6. We're going to begin reading with verse 24. Get a running start to this text. While you're turning to this passage, let me remind you that right after this service, we'll have a brief business meeting. So if you're a guest, just calm down. It will be brief. Uh, if you're a church member, calm down. Uh, it will be brief, okay? So it, this is to select, uh, to nominate uh, the pastor search committee. And so we'll have that right after this service. It will not take long. And so please uh, be here and, and, and stay with us. Book of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is preaching the greatest sermon ever preached called the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon, he's going to address a topic that all of us need to hear. Again, we're going to take a running start beginning with verse 24. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. And for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, that they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or where will we uh, wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Pray with me. Our Father, we pray today that you'll take this text, that, Father, it will penetrate our hearts and our minds. That, Father, we'll know how to focus and how to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two businessmen were talking one day, and, and Jack said, I, I'm about to lose my business. They're about to foreclose on my house, but at least I'm not worried. And, and Bill said, how is that possible? And Jack said, well, I hired someone to do my worrying for me. I don't have to worry. Bill said, well, how much does that cost? He said, $50,000 a year. Well, how do you pay for that? That's his worry. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we had somebody to worry for us? All of us deal with worry, and yet the Bible says we are not to worry. And by the way, worry is on an increase. That is true. In, in tw the end of 2022, the World Health Organization said that anxiety and worry has increased worldwide by 25%. And there are many different reasons for it, but yes, more and more people are worried. Now, understand this morning, we're going to be talking about worry, and I'm talking about that everyday type of worry. I'm talking about that general worry. I'm not talking about clinically worrying with anxiety. Uh, there's something called generalized anxiety disorder, or called GAD. I'm not talking about that. 
that's in your case you really need to go see a therapist to understand techniques on how to handle that I'm talking about the day-to-day worries that come our way because God says very clearly throughout his word we are not to worry over and over he tells us that and in this sermon on the mount Jesus says three times do not worry do not be anxious now you think about this if the God of the universe says one thing one time I think we should listen but if he repeats something three times, I think that really is our, grabs our attention. He says, do not be anxious. Do not worry. Now, the word he uses is interesting because the word is in the imperative present tense, which means this is continuing on. You're not, you stop worrying over and over and over. And it's a command. We are not to worry. And the word Jesus uses is divided into two different words. The one is the word divide and the other is, demi- is the mind. That's what worry is. Worry is simply dividing your mind because worry will divide us. You think about all the different ways worry divides. Worry divides our feelings. If you worry, your emotions are lacking. You go up and down. You start worrying. People worry. They're torn in their feelings. They don't even know how to feel about things. Worry divides our perception. If you start worrying, it's hard for you to focus on things. You don't see things clearly. People who worry see things differently, and their observations will be different than your observation if you're not worried. Worry divides our will. When you have worry, what happens you, many times, your convictions will change. If you're worried about something, you don't know if you should believe something or not. That's what worry will do. Worry will divide us. And here's Jesus saying, do not be anxious, do not worry three times. So, why do we worry? Let me give you two reasons. You may not like these two reasons, but, but, but here are the reasons we worry. The first reason is this. We want control. That's why we worry. People want to control their world. They want to control the weather. They want to control their future. They want to control their job. They want to control the people around them. They want to control their family members. They want to control things, and you can't control things. And because you can't control things, you worry about things. But there's a second reason we worry. We don't trust God. We don't trust God. Now, I know that's harsh, and I know people don't want to hear that, but that's the truth, because when you worry, what you're saying is, God, I don't trust you. God, I don't trust you to help me out. God, I don't trust you that you have the power and the ability to help me. I don't trust you, God, that you will even care about me. You know, it's always funny to me how people will pray to God, and they ask God for things, and they pray to him because they believe he can change things, and yet at the same time, they don't trust his wisdom the way he answers their prayers. Jesus says very clearly, do not worry. So, I want us to look at the text this morning, so take your Bibles again, look at it as we just go verse by verse to see what Jesus says about worry. He begins in verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Now, Jesus begins by talking about money. And why would he start there? Because most people worry about money. Dr. David Richard is a professor in England. He did a study worldwide to find out what people worry about. 
And he found out the four th- top things that people worry about worldwide. Number one is money. Number two is job security. Number three is relationships. Number four is health. But money is the top of the list. We haven't changed, have we? We still worry about money. And Jesus is addressing this issue. He says, you cannot worry and put that before you. He says, you need to address this idea of worry because basically what he says in this verse, he says, you will either be devoted to one and despise the other. Do you hear what he's saying? He's given us a principle we need to understand about worry. What you worry the most about is what you're devoted to. Makes sense, doesn't it? What you worry about is what you're devoted to. There are many things you don't worry about because you're not devoted to it. But those things you care about, those things you're devoted to, that's what you worry about. And so Jesus says in verse 24, life is really simple. You're either devoted to something or you're going to despise something. It's one of the two. There is no middle ground. You're going to be devoted to it or you're going to despise it. And therefore, he says, you cannot love God and wealth. Now, technically, the word there is mammon, which means stuff. You cannot love God and stuff. You're going to be devoted to one of them, and you're going to despise one of them eventually. You cannot love your money and God equally. You cannot love your career and God equally. You can't even love your family and God equally. One of them will always be at the top. And so Jesus lays the foundation about this money and how you have to be devoted to something. And then he comes in the next verse. He says, for this reason, some translations, therefore, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you'll drink, nor for your body as to what you'll put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. For this reason, therefore, again, anytime you see the word therefore in the scripture, you go back and see what was just said. Jesus said you cannot love stuff and God equally. Therefore, he said, I want to tell you how you're to live. And he gives some specific items. Now, this is for the first century especially. He says, don't worry about what you will eat. Now, you have to understand something. In that day, food was scarce. Starvation was a real possibility for the people he's addressing. He said, don't worry about what you wear. Same, same reason. Clothing was not as convenient to buy as it is today. Uh, you may not have the material. You may not have a place to buy clothing. It was a really a big concern. Today, Jesus will say a little different. Today, Jesus would say something like this. Don't worry about your retirement investment. Don't worry about your student loan. Don't worry about your car payment. Don't worry about your hospital bills. Don't worry about your children going to the college of your choice. Don't worry about the idea you might be lonely the rest of your life. Don't worry about spy balloons. (laughs) Whatever it is, Jesus will apply it to our lives. He says, do not worry. Now, let me tell you what he's not saying. Jesus is not saying get off the grid. He's not saying get away and live off the land. He's not saying those things are not even not important. Listen, food is important. Do I have a testimony? Yes. What he's saying is, be very careful. He's not saying don't, don't plan because he planned his ministry. He planned to come here. He planned to go to the cross. He planned to die on the cross. He planned to be resurrected. He planned the disciples. He picked. He gave them the plan, the Great Commission. Jesus is not against planning. He told parables about building a tower, going to war. He said, you've got to plan in advance. No, he's not saying that. He's not saying don't plan. What he's saying is something very important that we need to hear is that everything you worry about is small compared to eternity. 
to your life. You take the thing you're worried about the most and then compare it to your entire eternal life, and all of a sudden it becomes very, very small. So he's not saying these things are not important. What he's saying is life is more important. Compare everything to your life eternally, and it puts it in perspective. So, how can we stop worrying? Well, Jesus says there are two ways we can conquer worry. Two ways to conquer worry. Number one, change your thinking. Change your thinking. Worry is simply thinking wrong. Jesus gives two illustrations. Look at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And then look down at verse 28. Observe how the lilies of the field grow, that they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown to the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? See what Jesus is saying? He uses the word, and the New American Standard says look. Some translation says consider. Some, but literally in the Greek, it means to ponder, to think about to see it afresh. Jesus is saying, when you worry, what you're doing, you're not thinking straight. You're not pondering the right things. You know, sometimes I hear people talk about faith, and they'll say, well, well, faith is just not thinking. Just, just have faith is the answer. Well, that's not faith. Faith is, you put your faith in an object. Faith is not closing your eyes and jumping into the darkness. That's not faith at all. Jesus says, faith is thinking. Faith is thinking on the right things. Jesus says anxiety is the absence of thinking. Anxiety and fear and and distress is the opposite of thinking. So Jesus says you have to think right. You've got to start thinking and pondering. You need to talk to your heart, not just listen. See, this is what we do. We sit and we listen to our heart, and that scares us. Our heart starts to ramble. And our hearts react to situations. And we listen to our hearts, and we get swept up in it. Now, most of you know what I'm talking about. Usually late at night. And you're lying in bed, and your heart starts saying, this is going to get bad. Oh, this is going to be awful. We're, we're, you're never going to get out of this. What, what can I do about that? Oh, this is the end of the world. Oh, they're not going to listen to me. Oh, they don't love me. You're not, you're not going to keep that job. They, what, what can I do? I can't do anything. And you start listening to your heart instead of talking to your heart. Listening to your heart is what Jesus says brings anxiety. Instead, he says, you are to look and ponder and sit down with your heart. And you start to say, look, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's look at the facts. Have you considered? Have you considered? Have you pondered? That's what Jesus is saying. If you just listen to your heart, you're going to fall into anxiety and worry. But we are to ponder and consider, and now we are dialoguing with our heart based on the facts of God's Word. And it's always based on God's Word. If you're here today, or you're watching online, and you're not a believer, I don't know how you do this. Because you're going to be talking to yourself based on opinions both ways. But as believers, we talk to our heart based on the Word of God. And so Jesus gives us these two illustrations. He says, first of all, the first argument is that God is in charge. He says, consider, ponder the birds of the air, how they are taken care of by the providence of God. 
He says, consider those birds. How do they get fed? How do they survive out there? How do they know what to do? Because God gave them gifts. God gave them talents. God gave them abilities. There are so many species of birds. For example, the, the hummingbird, there's 320 species of hummingbirds. The smallest hummingbird is called the bee hummingbird. It's two and one-eighth inch long. And by the way, the bill and the tail feathers make half of it. It weighs two grams, considered just a couple of aspirins. Now that bird can fly up, down, backwards. It hovers, the wing beat at 90 beats per second. And it migrates to Panama. It goes over the guff, does not have a GPS system at all. And it gets there. And then it comes back every time to the same spot. How is that possible? Because God provided. God took care of them. God gave them abilities. And so we need to trust God, his providence. Now, don't misunderstand, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't do anything. Years ago at another state, I was talking to a student, and they, they didn't study, and they always quoted this verse. This is not a verse to excuse laziness. This is not saying don't work. This is not saying don't study. This is not giving you permission to play video games to 3 o'clock in the morning instead of looking for a job, okay? No, what it's saying is look at the birds. They go out. They work. They do everything they can, and God takes care of them. You don't, you don't see birds lounging around. You don't see their feet outside their nest laying back. No, they are doing what they can with what they have, and God takes care of them. Jesus says, in the same way, God has given to you the talents and the abilities and the gifts to handle whatever's in your world. He said, don't worry about food or clothing. Do your very best. Do what you have with what God has given to you. That's all you need, and trust the providence of God. The second argument, he says, God cares. He said, look at the grass, look at the lilies of the field. Now, in that part of the world, the, the wind, there was a certain type of wind would come off the desert, and there was a particular flower that would grow in about 24 hours, be killed due to the hot winds, thrown into the furnace. Jesus said, look at the grass and the flowers, how beautiful they are. God created them, and they're here, and then they're gone. They might last 24 hours. And yet God took care of them. And God did not send his son to die for the flowers. He died for you. Do you think God doesn't care? Of course he does. He cares for you more than he cares for the world he created. He created the world so we can live here. You see, worry is essentially saying to God, God you sent your greatest treasure, and you executed your son voluntarily for me, but I'm not sure you love me enough to help me out. That's what worry is. Jesus is saying there's no need to worry because of the providence of God and his love for you. Here's what I know about worry. Every time you and I worry, it's based on a misunderstanding of what God is like. Every time. And Jesus said you need to ponder and consider the things of God his providence, and his love. Worry is saying, Lord, I really don't believe you have my best interest at heart. Lord, I, I, don't, know if I, I don't, don't know if you really care about me. I, Lord, I don't know if you have the power to help me. That's what worry says. But if you believe in God, 
God, you have the power to change. You have the power to do whatever you want. And you love me enough, you'll do what's best, even if I don't understand. You know, it's amazing to me. We trust God for our salvation, and then we say we can handle everything else. God solved your biggest problem, your sin, but God loved you enough to take care of all your problems. In fact, Jesus said in verse 31 32, he compares it to the Gentiles, the pagans. He said they worry about things, but guess what? They believe in chance or luck. We don't believe in that. We believe in the providence of God. Worry is really practical atheism. Jesus said, do not worry about the things of this world. Trust your heavenly Father. Again, that doesn't mean don't work. That doesn't mean don't save. That doesn't mean, no, give up on, 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 on your plans. No, it means you do everything you can, and you trust God. You see, it's one thing to believe in God, but a lot of people don't believe God. Do you trust what he says? Change your thinking. Secondly, he says change your priority. Change your priority. Look at verse 33. He said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Worry is having the wrong priorities. To conquer worry, you've got to change your priority, because if you are worried, you're not thinking about God. Jesus said, you seek first God's kingdom. You seek God's righteousness first, and then everything else will fall into place. Remember the principle we said a few moments ago? What we are devoted to, we worry about. And so Jesus says, all right, you get rid of worry by redirecting what you're devoted to and you devote yourself to God. Worry is always a lack of direction. And if Jesus is the center of your life, if Jesus is the center of everything you do, then all of a sudden the worry will go away because you trust Jesus. But if your profession is at the center of your life, if your relationships are the center of your life, if material comfort's at the center of your life, you'll always worry because your priorities are wrong. Jesus says, seek me first. Seek my kingdom and my righteousness. That means your prayer life. That means fellowship with others. That means studying his word. That means mission and ministry. Whatever it means, it means focusing on God. Jesus said, if you focus on me first, I guarantee all your other concerns will go away. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever bought stock before, but if you ever bought stock, let's say GM stock, you know what happens? All of a sudden, you're noticing GM everywhere. You, you notice all the products they make. You notice them in the financial page. You notice them on the news. All of a sudden, everywhere you go, you're hearing GM. Why? Because that's the sin of your life. When you put your life in Jesus, at the sin of your life, all of a sudden, everything revolves around him. You see his love. You see his power. You see his purpose. Jesus says you need to redirect your priority for devotion to him. I will seek God and his kingdom. We put God first and trust God to take care of the rest. Because when we seek God first, we give up our desire to control everything. If I'm seeking God first, God, it's up to you. I do my best, but I leave the result to you. I give 100%, God, but I give up the, the result to you. There was a third grade teacher trying to instruct her class how to use fractions and she said to the little boy, she said, Billy, what is three-fourths of five-sixteenths? He said, well, I don't know exactly, but it's not enough to worry about. <laughs> In all of reality, everything we worry about is not worth it. Not when you compare it to God. 
When you make that powerful stand, God, you are the center. You are first. I put you first in every decision I make. I put you before my job, before my relationship, before my family, before my finances. God, I put you first. You do that. Guess what? What are you going to worry about? You live your life. You do your best. You trust God. You see, there are people who believe in God, but a lot of people don't believe God. They don't believe what he says. Jesus says, I can tell you how to get rid of your worries. You see, at the end of the day, there's only one of two doctrines you live your life. Only two. And you can't do both. You either live the doctrine that you're competent to run your own life, or you live the doctrine God is competent to run your life. But you can't do both. When you put God first... You're saying, I am competent, God, you can run my life. And and you may be here saying, well, I don't want to do that because he may ask me to do something I don't want. Yes, probably will. He told Abraham to leave his family and walk out into the desert, and he said, I'll tell you when to stop. He told Noah, I want you to build a boat in the middle of the desert, and people are going to laugh at you. He told Moses, I want you to stand in front of the most powerful man in the world, unarmed, and say, let my people go. He told Peter, I want you to give up your fishing practice. You know everything about the water, but I want you to go inland to tell people. He told Paul, that Jewish scholar who became a Christian, he said, I want you to start sharing the faith to the Gentiles. None of this made sense. None of that. But it was God's will. And God may ask the impossible. He may ask the bizarre. He may ask the strange in your opinion. But when you're in the center of God's will, when you put him first and you do it, God will use you to change the world. And it begins by putting Jesus first. And if you haven't done that, it's very simple. By saying, Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I have sinned. I have messed up. And I believe that Jesus died for me 2,000 years on the cross. And on the third day, he arose. And I confess I give you everything. I hold nothing back. I give everything to you. Come to my life. If you're watching online and you would like to give your life today to Christ, if you would text the word today at 270-398-5005, and a minister will give you a call. But if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Christ, in a few moments as we begin singing, just come to the front, talk to me or one of the other ministers. Or maybe God is calling you to join this church. Or maybe God is calling you for something else, whatever it may be. If he's the center of your life, you will obey. Would you stand by your heads? Our Father, our prayer is very simple this morning. We pray that we will seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And let it begin right now, Father, by those giving their life to you in a personal way. Father, for the believers, maybe they have strayed from seeking you first. But, Father, let them right now recommit themselves. They're going to trust you. They're going to put you first. They're going to be devoted to you. Because, Father, when they do, their worries will melt away. In Jesus' name, amen.